from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Welcome to the Tennis Revolution. We're going to try something new at the behest of my illustrious co-host. Don't blame me when it goes wrong. <laughs> he said, "He said, get all the information out at the beginning because nobody possibly finishes this part. <laughs> <laughs> Very positive advice, wasn't it? Hey, when they find out you're not on, they do. <laughs> That's for sure. So they've already left and it's too late. I should have waited. Moly. So uh, follow us on Twitter at TennisRevPod. And we lost, we went from 115 back to 114 again. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, it's going to skyrocket with On, this new idea. I think so. And then, of course, Instagram, Instagram only, uh, at Tennis Revolution Pod. So you got to figure out how to spell revolution <laughs> all the way out. And that's Instagram. For no particular reason whatsoever, we will not send out a, a pic to, to bother you again. <laughs> Maybe. Right. We're, we're still debating on that because we can't get above 115 <laughs> and it's driving me insane. I that's the same. That's me. My little uh, Instagram account just trolling you. You don't even and, have a phone. <laughs> that's why I'm late every week. I get lost. Can't find my way here. And my question is, how did I end up following somebody? I'm not even, what am I following? <laughs> Can other people see who I'm following? I thought they could. I've got to, I've got to, how do you unfollow? Maybe it was our old uh, follower, the... Maybe. Who was it? I've already forgotten. The one pro we had for a day. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, that's where you can find us on social media. Twitter mainly is where I send out links to uh, the current episodes, etc. Please retweet those. And if this doesn't work to get us more followers doing at the beginning, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. I've done all I can do. And subscribe so you get this right away. You want to be the first one to yeah, see Yeah, please. It. And rate, rate it and review it or whatever. Five stars. Don't say a bunch of words. Nobody cares. It's a tennis <laughs> podcast. They get it. Just just put five stars. Everybody gets it. Boy, oh boy. Grass is legal now. <laughs> oh, wait. Not wrong grass. We're in the middle of the grass season, man. And it continues to amaze. In the middle of a two-week uh, season. So I thought that... The men's grass season has been a stroll through the park of of old people yeah and i thought okay nadal and novak must be playing next week because they didn't play this week and i'm like well they can't because next week is the lead up to wimbledon so i guess they're just not going to play any grass whatsoever yeah why not and apparently novak did that last year and obviously won so it must not mean that much he won <laughs> over the two greatest players in the history of the game <laughs> i have to say that one didn't look like the greatest this week even though he won he looked a little shaky at times. So, I'm glad you mentioned that. Not really, because I'm not glad a lot when you say anything. <laughs> but, I I am going to have... So, Feliciano, Feliciano Lopez, I'm a big fan, wins the fever tree. Singles and men's, right? right. Which is queens. And I'm all excited and ready to just blast everybody who's under 25 because an old man who really is a part-time player full-time tournament director (laughs) which i don't even think it's if you what is he directing now i don't know he's because i know haas is directing something yeah blake is directing something i thought he was anyway i i was gonna wreck 
the next gen and the next next gen. However, <laughs> it looks to me like, and trying not to listen to the commentators, but just watching the matches, that the grass is a little bit faster. And if it is, then I can't blame anyone for not doing well. Well, and it's funny that he's 37 because we talked about how we miss those surface specialists from about 15, 20 years ago, and he might be like the only one left <laughs> for grass. Yeah. Because the last tournament he won was two years ago at the same tournament. Well, it, it's just you watch these matches, and it it's clear that the game style or their their ability to to play their game style on this grass is highly compromised. Right. And so when these youngsters uh, are losing to grandma and grandpa's over <laughs> here, it's not – I've let them off the hook a little bit on the grass because grass is such a different situation. But th- then how did Simone and Goffin both make the finals because they both don't go to the net if there's $100 bills hanging on it? <laughs> so <laughs> why why were they able to make the final but – you know, none of these other baseline players were. Yeah, well, luck. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the draws, both those draws collapsed really fast. I mean, Federer obviously kept his draw, you know, kept people interested, but it was that I was more excited about that other draw. We talked about how that one was a lot more exciting, and then all those guys flamed out early. Paz, Warinka. It was pretty, pretty crazy. It's weird that Zverev lost early. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Oh, but he made a diving volley winner that made the top five shots of the week. And I was like, the only reason that's in the top five is because it's Vera making a volley. If it was anyone else, it would have been an average diving volley. I don't know if every, is everybody fully aware of how awful his volleys are? No, he actually gets credit for volleys because they're improved. I'm like, so now they're average and we're supposed to praise him for his volleys. Yeah. I I don't don't get that. I don't know. So, yeah. So, um, in Hala. I can't not say that. <laughs> I can't say it any other way now. I hear them on TV. <laughs> Sometimes they say Hala, but now I just see Hala. So, yeah. So, Federer um, doesn't cruise. No. I mean, certainly doesn't cruise to a win. Um, but again, just watching the actual point play, nobody's taking full cuts at a lot of the balls. Nobody, You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and Goffin would be considered a next-gen player, probably. Because he's probably that 26, 27. Yeah. He might be a little past. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But still, I mean, we don't have anything in between right. big four and next-gen, so I think you got to lump him into that. But but yeah, so that's why I think letting people off the hook on grass, if it's if it's now, if it's moving that fast, I think is all right. Which I, I hate being soft like that, but... I liked it because, it it, like you said, it was something different. Yeah, I, there was a, I mean, slicing galore, a lot more slicing from everyone uh, and a lot more net play than you normally see. Not from everyone, obviously, but in the highlight of the entire grass season, of course, <laughs> what do you think it's going to be? The Boodles coming up? No, <laughs> that's automatic. Um, Andy Murray's comeback? Yeah. <laughs> was that lackluster to you? Did you get as hyped up about that? Well, it got hard to get hyped up because so every day I was like, oh, man, Murray and Lopez must be playing today. And then it was like Monday. They didn't play Tuesday. They didn't (laughs) play Wednesday. They didn't play. And I'm like, how are they playing their first round match on a Thursday? And then I don't think they played on Friday because they had to play two matches Saturday. It was like I couldn't keep up with when they're playing. By the time they were playing, it was like they were done. 
Yeah. So that was, I mean, it was cool when I did see them, but I felt like I saw them so little. Right. I couldn't really get into the, into it. Yeah. Um, that did make it more impressive on their part, but. Yeah, but you know what? It's funny because they play the one seed right out of the gate, and yeah. then you're like, oh, yeah, they're playing no That's ad. what you've always talked about. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, they're playing 10-point breaker. <laughs> so it's fluky to begin with. So what? So in, in response to your point, I can't take credit for my stance on how bad doubles is because nobody ever plays it, and then they come in and beat them because it's such a fluky system. Right. That no ad in 10-point breaker is just blah. Well, yeah, and grass is already exactly. the most volatile. So that's that's why, you know, if you just snapped your fingers and all these results were on a hard court, you're like, yeah, okay, now some things are coming clear. But I just think grass is so short and different, and, uh, and nobody can really fully play their games out there that except maybe Ash Barty. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, it also kind of sucks because I don't think Murray. Well, I know for a fact Murray's not playing with Lopez in the next two tournaments, you know, this week or at Wimbledon. He's playing with someone else. I heard, so it's like they can't really build anything off of it. And I guess they make you decide your partners really early in these tournaments. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, so I forget who he's playing with at Wimbledon, but it's someone else. Yeah, I mean, listen. Here's the bottom line: if I believe my nonsense which is weakest air and all that then i should want with every fiber of my being for somebody like murray who's part of the big four to come back right anything to add depth to this situation it's got to stop at some point it's got to end it's got to end <laughs> these guys can't play until they're 50 they can't and see i don't want to turn this into a negative episode but i feel like now more than ever we're going to wimbledon with two potential winners and that's it which is Novak and Federer. Because Federer didn't play well and won the tournament. So in three out of five sets, who's going to beat him? There's nobody. Yeah. And then you got Novak in there. I just, nobody stepped up. Like Lopez, if he gets a favorable draw, he can maybe make it round to 16 or quarters or something, but he can't go all the way. Yeah. And, and you compare it to the women, which we've done and, and favored the women, we have a new number one again. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. Just hold your horses. <laughs> so, a year ago, Osaka, oh, she's going to be around for a long time. She's going to be, and she's not gone. Right. But. She has definitely declined. She has certainly fallen off. And, and maybe that's just because she hasn't been on hard court recently. Uh, sure. But, you know, I. Ostapenko, we did it with her. Ugh. Did you hear the stat, though, today? No. So since, I think it was 2005, there's been four men, number one. Obviously, we know who they are. How many women do you think there have been? So that's 14 years. It's more than 14, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Seven, she's number 17. Wow. And again, the year may have been a little bit earlier than that, but yeah. there's been 17 number ones in that time. And I don't, I mean, obviously Serena's in there, but I don't think you would consider any of them legendary players except for Serena. I don't, I doubt Venus was number one in the last 14 years. Well, maybe she was. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I mean, so it's hard to get excited. The reason I'm excited about Barty is she just won clay court and a grass court tournament back to back, which is impressive. But we've already said that doesn't matter as much on the women's. 
Well, and, you know, again, I think people need to slow their roll when you're talking about any other tournament than Grand Slams because no one cares about any of those right. ones. I do, and we should, but, you know, if she wins Wimbledon, you know, but, but listen, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter because partly the stat you just mentioned, but partly because Osaka's a multi-slam winner. Right. And now she, I, I would have a hard time putting money on her. And I can't believe they Not said that. Not that I gamble. <laughs> Barty's playing tomorrow in Eastbourne. <laughs> and I'm like, the number one player in the world, why were you playing the week before a slam and when you just won the previous tournament? Listen, I, I, I was thinking about this when I was watching her play in the, in the final. I would love it if she played doubles and singles, Martina style. Yeah. Not, not Ingus, Navratilova. <laughs> yeah. And started racking up wins in both. Well, and she could have in this tournament. They were in the double semifinal and she dropped out. Right, right. Which I think, uh, I, I don't like that. Either don't play or, you know. It's well, I just, think the only reason they dropped out is because they were going to have to play each other. Or they they thought they could. I think if they weren't, like if Gurgis was out of the singles or if Barty was out of the singles, right. I think they would have played. That's the only reason I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. But then at the same time, you look at Lopez who plays five matches in two days. It kind of makes you look a little inferior when he does that and wins all five. You sexist. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, yeah, but, but so, they also had a ton of rain delays, I'm sure. And the yeah, schedule got crazy. Yeah, for sure. But I, you know, I was just thinking about the fact that, you know, she's a, you know, like they call a baseball player. She's a five tool player. You right. know, she's, she's got all the pieces and she could do both. And it, I think it'd be fun to have, and I think that would garner a lot of interest because it wouldn't be just, oh, here's a new number one. She's right. going to be, you know, in for two or three and then out. And then who's next? I think it would add some depth to her story, which I think would be cool. Were you as annoyed as I was with all those stadium shadows on all the courts? Yeah, what a mess. I mean, did you not plan that out beforehand? It was really difficult to see the ball. It's I, all... I had a hard time without the shadows, and that made it even right. worse. Yeah. Even the final, I mean, the final with uh, Federer and Goffin, one person was in the shade the entire time. <laughs> and so right where they strike the ball, you can't see it. Right. So I felt thought that was really irritating. I hope Wimbledon is not like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, and I, and what I understand is when they have all those roofs, why were the tournament schedules so screwed up? <laughs> it was like, you have a roof. Now, maybe one of the places didn't have a roof, but. Yeah, I don't think, who has a roof? Well, one of them did. Oh. Queens did, or no, Halla did because Federer played indoors. I know his first round, oh, okay. but uh, the other place must not have one. So, as per usual, none of these tournaments mean anything, and therefore none of them tell us anything. Right. Certainly, Federer winning tells us nothing. When they tried to make it seem like it did, that's they said, "Oh well, five times when he's won this tournament, he's won Wimbledon. They, well, f- the five other times he won, well, he didn't. Right. <laughs> so that's fifty-fifty, literally fifty-fifty. <laughs> so that tells you nothing. Well, what we already knew, he had about a fifty percent chance to why win. Why aren't we commentating matches? <laughs> anybody, anybody can do it. Obviously, I loved that comment. They said, "Well, the five other times he said every time I've won Hall, I've played well." Well, then they said, "Well, he's won five times. He's won. So what happened the other five? You played well and lost. I find that hard to believe." if you play well on grass and lose. So I thought that was really funny that they brought that up. And plus it's like 12 days before the tournament. Is that really going to, that momentum really going to carry over? Can't imagine. Can't imagine. And they've even said that the surfaces are are slightly different anyway. All right. So is, 
Is Sophia Kennan winning? It's your girl. Is it, you know, any indicator of anything in the future? I mean, she's winning. It's better than not winning. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it has to mean something because she's still young. And she beat Benchich. I mean, that's not nothing. That match was a train wreck just in terms of they both threw their rackets. They both fired balls into the crowd. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of it, but Kennan saved three match points. Uh, and then Benchich just was going crazy. So I think in terms of that, I mean, it, I'll put it this way. It wasn't a impressive win in terms of, oh, she really beat down this top player because she was one point from losing. But at the same time, the fact that she was able to battle to three sets and win in spite of all that is impressive. Right. But yeah, I don't know what to think about her. I don't know if I see her as a top 10 or a top five. It's like you said, it's just so much, there's so much short-term success for these players and they disappear. You don't know what to think. Right. I mean, all all these American blondes remind me of Melanie Uden. Yeah. The talk of the town for about 15 minutes. Right. Gone. Yeah, but the thing about her, though, is she just, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering, but for sure. I feel like she had one really good tournament. Yeah. And that was it. But, yeah. she, but she probably did do well in a couple U.S. Open Series tournaments. Like these girls, like Anna Samova did something on a clay court and a hard, I mean, a grass court, and Kennan's done something a little more extended periods of time. Right. So hopefully that's better. But yeah, that's what we do here. We do hype up players, and that's probably part of the reason. Not they just collapse. here. I mean, not it's not it's every. I mean, Osaka's well. True. I mean, she's Floridian, Haitian, and Japanese. So I don't know if it counts or not. But it's it's just it's just tennis channel commentariat right you know it's that group just losing their mind every time anybody wins a point did you see that forehand (laughs) that might be the next big thing i only have there's to me there's only one player under 20 or 20 or under that i would say is a sure thing to be a star and that's felix in my opinion all the other ones are debatable he is he's got some issues though i know that's but that's why i say he's the next because he has a lot of stuff he can still improve you know, and get a yeah, lot but, better. But one of them's tough, and that's the neck up. That's <laughs> yeah, a tough, right. that's a mysterious, you know, nut to crack. And and he deals with that, so I don't know. It is funny, you know, that, <laughs> I mean. I'm surprised how well he did in this tournament. Well, Tsitsipas certainly seems to think he's going to be a star. Did you hear his comments? Uh-uh, what did he say? <laughs> he said, I should never beat this guy. He's way, <laughs> he's, he's saying stuff like he's way better than me, and, <laughs> um, I'll you know, I'll never beat him again or something. <laughs> Well, and see, I didn't list him because I already consider him a star. So I don't, I like, uh, to me, it's obvious he's going to be a number, I would don't even mind saying number one because Oof. Djokovic and Federer are going to be gone and at all. You one know, day. At some point when he's still in his prime. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, and that's the funny thing, the stark reality of it. You look at who's left after they're gone and it's like, ugh. Yeah, teams, Verev, Tsitsipas, and that's really it in terms of who we think, because I'm not putting, well, maybe I said Zvera, but I don't consider him to be, to take over the throne when they're gone. Misha? He's got good volleys. <laughs> um, yeah, where's he? Because he's got a better chance at Wimbledon than, than Alex. They sh- uh, they have to have a betting line on that. They have to. <laughs> Which Zverev goes farther. Right. Um, I mean, the problem is, although that really, I would still take Misha, even though he's going to play a seed earlier than Alex. Um, so 
Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Alex doesn't lose to seeds. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's why that is not even that wouldn't even affect the betting for me. Oh man! All right, so we got Eastbourne. Well, uh, are we wrapped up with? I mean, again, I, I do. I, I'm I'm excited about grass because it seems to be affecting their play. Right, we got what we wanted to some degree. Exactly, a little bit. Now, again, I don't know what machines they use to, you know, <laughs> calibrate the the. Oh yeah, what was that they called that? The court pace and they only used it for like one tournament, but it was the court pace index yeah, or something. More nonsense. I don't know. And they got rid of it already. So it seems to me that these courts are playing more like grass courts, which which we're happy about, which lends itself to a little bit sloppier tennis if you're not coming in. But I have also seemingly seen a marked uh, increase in in volume. Right. Hopefully, uh, it seems like, and I hope I'm right because. That's more fun on this surface. And I think they're starting to figure out, oh, wait a second. We can actually do this on grass. <laughs> right. Oh. And, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, Goffin, you know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, he's just, uh, I mean, he's not a, a bad player. It's not like he's terrible. Well, and know. they could have beaten, you know, fellow baseliners on the way there. So right. if nobody's coming to the net, somebody's got to win. Because Federer took out Herbert, who's one of the only net players there probably was in the draw. Big server and net player. Yeah, but he's, again, that's that double singles right. nonsense. And it's a pretty, I, to me, I think it's a pretty big difference in their level. So right. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's definitely a better net player by a long shot to me than Federer, but everything else he's not. Right. Um, well, because I mean, there's no way he's breaking Federer ever in a in a match on grass. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the whole deal that Federer on grass nobody can break him, and that's why and his tiebreak game is ridiculous. I mean, every tiebreak he was in, it seemed like he won it easily. Yeah, the, in the finals, it was it was two right. Um. So and then of course what happened? Yeah, he falls off the cliff six right. one. It's just ugh, nice fight, good effort. <laughs> And he was, I had him as the next big thing about three years ago. I really thought he was going to be top five. He was, you know, beating, I think he beat Djokovic somewhat, you know, big match. Well, it's embarrassing takes like that is why I have you as a coach <laughs> on this podcast. I look like a, But you know what happened to him? He broke his ankle at the French and he's never been the same. Right. Um, and I don't know if that, he would credit that as the reason, but it just, it's, he never got back to that level. Oh, you got to, speaking of that, you got to talk about the sob story that we had this week. Oh. <sighs> I mean, that's it was that's just so. Well, first of all, why has he even been playing well, the last three months? Well, first of all, let's we're gonna break your hearts, <laughs> which you you already know what it is when we come <laughs> back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. Oh, man. I, I mean, the upside is, is we're not real journalists or anything, so we're not breaking stories to people <laughs> because... I was actually, when I saw it, it came across a screen on the bottom. That's the how first, I saw it, too. It's the first time I saw it. 
And I didn't say, oh, man. That's the only reason tennis gets on ESPN is when something like that happens. I angrily said a cuss word when I saw (laughs) it. So Delpo is having surgery. Right. Again. Uh, And it's not cataract surgery. (laughs) Uh, So he's not getting old. He is old. But, um, I mean, what can you say? I mean, listen. He's wealthy beyond imagination. I'll, I'll, I'll never make as much money as he makes in a year in my lifetime. Right? So... Poor him. No, not really. He's eating every day, and he's got shelter right. and, I'm sure, a lovely car. But what a bummer for tennis in general. And again, one of the reasons, one of the small but you know significant still reasons um, of why this is the weakest era. I mean, if he had been 100% for his entire career, he adds to the depth, depth and strength of this era. He's about the only person... I, I, in you my opinion, Nishiko- right. Nishikori, I don't think so. No. Del Potra, though, is the one that had he been healthy, he could have been he could have on put that a dent. guy's level. He could have put a dent in right. all of their, um, you know, maybe not on clay yeah, for Rafa. But neither can anybody else. But at the same time, he's got some things these other guys know. His forehand is ridiculous. I mean, he... He, he could actually play a style of match that would beat Nadal on clay. Yeah, I mean, he could hit through Nadal with that forehand. Plus, he's rangy. I mean, he's yeah. huge. Uh, and that serves, clay or not, that serves tough to deal with. Um, and he just can't piece it together. But what um, I don't understand, I mean, that injury has been there since we saw him, you know, two months ago, three months ago. So I can't understand what changed. Like, I couldn't understand why he's playing. When I saw him play one of those hardcourt tournaments in the spring, I was like, why is he out there? And he I was mean, battling through matches. But I mean, that, there's no way that's going to help your knee. In other words, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe it's one of those situations where the doc's saying, "Listen, it's going to be painful, but it's not going to get worse." Right. And maybe it didn't get worse. Maybe it was. Decided, you know, Let's can't. see where this is at, and I can't play through it. I don't know. I'm speculating. I have no knowledge of anything of a medical nature. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I can't even stand the sight of band aids. I pass out. It's terrible. <laughs> so I'm the wrong person. But I've certainly been around players where our training staff has said, "Look, it's not going to get any worse. Right. You just got to deal with pain." And maybe he just got to the point where he couldn't deal with the pain. I don't right. know. But the bottom line is this is um it for selfishly for us, I mean, obviously it hurts the depth and continues to make this the weakest error, missing him. And you know, obviously the t- the big three don't there's no chance now that, you know, somebody like him will just kind of, you know, kind of sneak up and take him out, but more importantly, he, seemingly he's a wonderful human being and all the rest of it, and just bad luck, or bad luck, maybe not the right word, but just bad circumstances, and it's, it's you know, it's a bummer. Would you put him over Ferrer in the Hall of Fame conversation? Over Wayne Ferrer? Because <laughs> you, I'm pretty sure you declined Ferrer. Oh, yeah. But Del Potra's got one, but only one. God. We said we have to take Walrinka well, because he's just not yeah. many other people to choose from. So with Delpo, the tricky part is his career is an optical illusion. Yeah. Because from the day he turned pro till today is a long time. But if you add the total days up that he's actually been on court physically, it, it's much smaller. So it's, right. it, so it's an optical illusion in that way. And so it's hard, you know, because without being short-sighted and just looking at Grand Slam totals... You got to look at other, you know, 
the success in other tournaments and well, that's what I was going to look up. Winning I was curious how many titles he's won in his career. I can't none. I wouldn't think it's very many. Just won the U.S. Open. That's it. <laughs> um, by hitting the biggest forehand I've ever seen, over 100 miles an hour. <laughs> I mean that thing. Wow, was, he's got more titles than I would have thought. He's got 22. Wow, that's actually, and he's got a 72 percent winning percentage. Hmm. That's pretty good. He's been to the quarters of every slam semis of three of them made the finals of the olympics so yeah that's man that's more that's more than i thought won the davis cup i mean so you think about think so that's about gotta this. put him above ferrer i would think i mean what were you doing in 2005 that seems forever ago that's when he turned pro right but does it feel like he's been playing that long oh it, no it, it feels does. like we've barely seen him i know because he's always out Man, that's a lot of it's uh, a lot of wind. That's not bad though. Yeah, twenty five million US, eleventh all time leader in earnings. You can't tell me this is not the weakest error. <laughs> he is the eleventh all time. I know money and prize money goes up, right. so it's not a fair. They really should. I don't know how they do that, but they calculate it based on today's dollars or something. But well, we're going to have Wimbledon without him, without Isner, presumably. Who? Or a not healthy Isner. And then Anderson just came back. So you got two of last year's semifinalists. By the way, I saw Isner yesterday. In person, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that, I've heard a few people say that, so that makes me he was hitting doubt that he's playing. Oh, he was hitting, okay. At SMU's courts. Well, that's something. Yep. So maybe he is going to Europe soon. I don't know. Um, I was recruiting at a showcase over there. and um, Were you recruiting I him? I said, hey, he's not uh, on tour anymore? you got any uh, eligibility left? <laughs> he doesn't. No. But that's actually... Now that I'm thinking about it, that would probably lead me to believe he's not playing Wimbledon if he's hitting on a hard court in Dallas. If I'd have had my Zoom H4N Pro with my <laughs> mics, um, but I lost, I got to buy a new mic. Was he hitting with Jack Sock? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a joke, but they actually do hit at SMU. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Is, what, if, what if everyone was asking him for an autograph and no one knew who Jack Sock was? <laughs> if Jack Sock's in town, he might come beat me up. I don't like that at one minute. Um, but no, I mean, you think about two of last year's semifinals not there, Del Potro not there, it, you know, it's, and Nadal, Nadal needs to make the second week for this tournament to have you know star power. Nadal and Tsitsipas really both. Otherwise, listen, I don't want to harp on the fact that the women's situation is better than the men's, and I want to be honest about it. I do think the women might be spinning out of control. If we get another couple number ones in the next six months, I might have to go backwards on my... It's the worst of both worlds. Right. The, the men have two or three players that can do anything, and the women don't have any. So therefore, everybody can do anything. Well, and I talked to someone today, and I think he feels what we all feel. He goes, I love Federer and Adal, but I've just I've seen enough of that. And I think that's what we, where we all are. Well, but see, that's... I understand what you're saying, and yes, there's some of that, but that's almost trivializing the actual argument, the depth of where that comes from. Right. Because what it really comes from is they're making a mockery of the ATP tour. Right. Is it legit or not? Is it because they're playing a bunch of boys' 12s? <laughs> you know? I mean, right. obviously not literally. Because I'm not just sick. Like, I'm sick of the Patriots. Yeah. I am sick of them winning, but it's not like they just steamroll everybody. They don't. Right. 
a handful of their Super Bowls they won were by an inch right. of a kick going through at the last second. You can't, t- or Seattle making an awful decision on passing when they're on the goal line when they have one of the best short, short yardage backs ever. Right. And so it's like, okay, all these other teams, not the teams in their division, Miami and Buffalo, <laughs> they're horrendous. <laughs> they're awful. And the Jets, they are, that is the weakest area. That's like the ATP Tour. Yes. <laughs> But the rest of the league has real teams in everything. And it's not like they go undefeated every year. Right. Although they almost did once, but lost. And so that restores faith. The way those games go through it, it restores faith in the, and this is not a bad word, in the parody of the NFL. Well, it's like when they get to the divisional playoffs and you look at Vegas odds, I know that's not everything, but... Right. The Patriots might be three to one. Well, some other team's going to be four to one. Some other team's going to be five to one. Or Our five. Patriots may not even be first, you know. Right. But like when Federer got to the semis as the quarters of Halla, we knew the forty-seven was to over. one, <laughs> or one to forty-seven, or whatever. The, <laughs> I don't know how odds were because uh-huh. I don't gamble. I'm an NCAA coach and I'm prohibited. <laughs> but it's like it's like you said. It's when you know the outcome of anything. I mean, tell somebody the ending of a movie. Do they want to go see it? And I feel like that's where we're at. Yeah, but it could still be a wonderful story yeah. with great character development and a wonderful plot line. It's just ruined for you. That's there's a difference between that and watching the same old, you know, dry movie because you know not only because you know how it's going to end, but you know exactly how it's going to play out. And you know, the Patriots have been dominant, but they're dominant over an equal relatively equal field right the big three have been dominant over a pitiful field (laughs) pitiful might be too strong yeah so the other side of that is is you have the women who seem to be taking parity to a whole new level right and with and you know with queen b out it's just a free-for-all well it's a free-for-all they need to stop advertising at the start of every tournament that these six women can be number one at the end of the tournament. Cause to me that devalues the number one. We've already devalued it with 17 and <laughs> 14 years, but it makes it seem like all you gotta do is win one tournament. You're the best player in the world. Cause that's how crappy everybody is. Yeah. And it's not, well, again, it, it's, it's how close they are. Right. I know. And and what the, is the, that the way mean? they phrase it? Well, no, no, but we don't know what that means. Right now. I do think watching somebody like Ash Barty, she becomes number one playing the way she's played. Now, Asaka became number one playing the way she played, and guess what? It was a high level. Right. Now she's not at a high level. Yeah. So Ash Barty also became number one partly by playing at a high level, but also the former number one not being at a high level. You can't tell me Ash Barty would be number one if Osaka was 15, 20% better right. than she is, closer to what she was at her peak. Well, she a hasn't year ago. Made, made the quarters or semis of a tournament so, since the Australian. Yeah, probably. I mean, so, you you know, now we're in danger on the women's side of the inverse of what's going on in the men. I still would hmm, because it's not like everybody's bad. They're just streaky. Right. Ash, Ash Barty or, or Osaka before that had a run of high quality tennis right in big tournaments too. in big tournaments 
now she had did she's gone, and now Ash Barty has filled that vacuum. It's not like everybody stumbled forward to number one. She actually took it. What's also funny though is in the women's to be number one, you have to play. It seems like 35, 40 weeks a year. And the men, it's the total opposite. It's the men that are playing the least are number one. I mean, like I said, Djokovic not playing a single grass court tournament. I mean, he's going to be number one for at least the next three to four months. He could probably not play and be number one the next three to four months. Right. And whereas the women, that could be why Barty's playing this week. She's saying, man, well, if I don't play and Osaka does well, she could pass me right back. You know, it's so it's just funny how that. It's a totally different. It almost seems like a different ranking system. Hey, Ash, don't worry. She's not going to play well. You're good. <laughs> You're good. Um, but I guarantee you going to a woman, there's three or four women that can be number one, and they're going to talk about that as if that's a positive, and I'm not sure that it is. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, <sighs> because invariably. But see, in context, I think it can be. And again, you know, it, it's kind of like when the men back in the day when, like, we had – a similar situation where guys would pop into number one for about 15 minutes. <laughs> Marcelo Rios. I was going to say Marcelo Rios. He'd <laughs> pop in, he'd be number one for about 15 minutes and then gone and then be gone. Uh, but the difference is, like I said, it, it's not like whoever's the least worst. Right. Is, ends up at number one. It's she just stumbled. Now I grab the ball and take it and run. And, you have have to give credit to Ash Barty for playing well. Well, and that's the problem with them using that narrative is like I think in the French they had six ladies that could be number one. Well, like four of them lost in the first or second round, so it made it look sure, like yeah. you know if it builds to where they're that's, four of the final eight, that's yeah. awesome and incredible yeah. to talk about. Yeah. So I think they almost should wait. But it has it to them. It needs to come down to the winner of this match. Right. Will be number one, not. If she loses before uh-huh. the third round, but she doesn't, and then she, you know, that's wears, what I mean. Yeah, and if and even for them to put, you know, Kiki Burton's can be number one if Barty loses first round and Burton's wins it. Well, we don't need to know that, right? That's like you know, that's like doing the mathematics. That's like the playoff scenarios in week fourteen. You know, you don't need right, that, right? You know, when it gets to the quarters, then maybe say, well, since Barty already lost, you know, Burton's can still take her number one ranking. I, I get that later in the tournament. See, that that falls under one of my old sayings. Everything you say should be true, but you shouldn't say everything that's true. There you go. So that's, that's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's a good point. That, that temper... Well, listen, again, it's Tennis Channel commentators. They have nothing else to do right. except overhype everything. Um, it's funny. The Tennis Channel is fantastic. Their commentators are not. Well, and I also don't. Is there anybody that's ever gotten excited about watching a match because someone could become number one? I mean, maybe Australia was excited about that match today. I don't know. Only, only as it, it has to be deeper in the tournament, and the match has to be the head-to-head. That's what that that I agree with. That that two are playing each other. Then, like we had that one year. Although then Federer withdrew, but we had the year it was supposed to be Federer versus Djokovic, the last match of the year. And Federer withdrew. I mean, th- that would have been the biggest match they've ever had at the Masters. Right. And of course, it didn't happen. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I think... Uh, so, I can temper my feelings about the women right now being the inverse of the men. In the sense that at least when the person that takes over the number one spot earns it 
where they're playing quality tennis on the court, even if the person they're taking it from is not. Oh, so, I still think the women's situation is way better than the men's. Yeah. Plus, it has a the men's has a the women's has a future. Whereas <laughs> yes. the men's is like, like you said earlier, what's going to happen when these guys are gone? Like, I don't, I don't even think, I don't even know. I honestly can't predict. Well, put it this way: we've been through. Do we have hope? Oh no. <laughs> Whereas the women, every week, somebody could be the next whatever. Yeah. Now, I think certainly it was overhyped to say Osaka was, and I didn't. Because I just don't go down that road usually. Although I was pretty hyped up about Seats of Pass at one tournament after I came back. Just well, I said I rarely do until Osaka won two slams in a row. Because that, that's so unusual. Yeah, but two slams in a row, what's more impressive? Two slams in a row or a slam, you know, two quarters right. and then a slam. Right. Exactly, consistency. And so on the women's side, that's what we're lacking. Without Serena, to keep everybody in order, that's what we're lacking. And... Uh, you know, listen, again, when Holop won her first slam, what a high-quality run she had been having. Wozniacki, what a high-quality run she had been having. Yeah, they sort of uh, built up to that. Yeah, Sloan. You know, Sloan a little bit less of a you know build, but still, talent-wise, we know what she can do. And she had a good, great run at the U.S. Open. And at least we have that. At least we have the winner of the tournament slash you know, the taker over of number one. Right. They they take it over with quality. Yeah. So it's still they they didn't she didn't have to wrestle it away from Osaka because Osaka wasn't there. Well and that's what you're kind of referencing is when it was how bad it was when Serena was number one, but then she'd get passed by somebody, you know, just because Serena played fifteen tournaments and that girl yeah. played thirty. Right. And she made the quarters every week and she's number one in the world. So luckily we don't have that anymore. Um, the one, like you said, the ones that are number one are at least kind of earning it. Yeah. And, you know, again, I, mm, you hate to write Serena off, but it's getting to that point. To me, that's more of the story than all these different number ones. It's like, is it over? Is it over? Her and Sherpa. I mean, Sherpa was out there and you Sherpa said you have no faith in her. She's finished. But you know, she got smoked in the match that she lost. Um. But yeah, I mean, not seeing Serena out there at all. It just, it, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're reaching the end, and I, I feel dumb saying it because we've said it for so many years, but I feel like we're reaching the end. I think, honestly, what's driving Serena is the fact that Venus is still out there competing. Maybe. And she's two or yeah. three years older. Yeah. I mean, she was incredible this week, even though she didn't win. I know. Uh, that was... that was She's the best, man. That was the best to watch. She's the best. Um, played doubles with like a British court, wild card. Yeah, that was fun. That was hilarious. On her little, birthday. This scared little thing, you know, <laughs> not having any clue. Dart. I wish they'd have gotten Harriet, more into Harriet? it. Harriet? Was her name yeah, Harriet Dart? she already Dart? lost today in the Harriet? next tournament. What is this, the 50s? <laughs> Harriet? Is that Still her name? England, yeah. Good point. Um, oh, hello. <laughs> but, so I'm sure she'll get a wild card at Wimbledon. But, I, like, they didn't get into how that tournament came about. They could have made Venus look even better. They could have said, oh, Venus asked, you know, who the best up-and-coming British junior is, and we put them together, and they went and practiced yesterday. And, and maybe they did. I didn't watch all that match, but maybe they did get into that some. But I thought that was such an odd pairing that I wanted to know the details of that. Yeah, I mean, you know. Tennis doesn't do the human interest stories at all. Like, if you watch any other competition or sport, they get into right. the human interest, and right. tennis never does that. I don't understand why. Because it's there's too many players right. 
in too short a span of time do you do you know these in-depth pieces <laughs> and then the person loses first round on every one of them right and then or do you do one on the players you think are going to make it deep but then nobody cares because we've seen them for 50 years in a row right as in the you know fetters yeah. and the joke but, you know so yeah yeah i, I don't mean, need to see a historical intro on Federer because you've probably seen all that before yeah the the only next the only next thing i need to see for Federer is a retirement party <laughs> oh so he's at 102 is he getting to 109 so i did the math since the start of 2016 yep he has won 3.7 tournaments a year I don't know how the hell you win a point seven, but he's good. He's good. <laughs> so We've always said mean, he's good. That would mean he would have to play till the end, or basically till the U.S. Open of 2021. Oh, he's definitely doing that. And still at the same level. Yeah. So you think he's getting seven more. Seven would be a tie. He'd have to get eight to break the record. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, he could do it by playing a bunch of 250s. Or even five hundred, which which you know seemingly is worse, but if he would have won those Only. seven or eight <laughs> years ago, right, and he got to eight all of a sudden, and then started winning five hundreds, and then you know whatever, then we wouldn't be having that right. discussion. So, but it is almost sandbagging, you know, kind of run around you know the world playing a bunch of Dubai's and stuff. <laughs> um, does he get yeah of course he does of course <laughs> can't doubt him on anything anymore of course no 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 i don't it's not him i doubt the rest of the world <laughs> in tennis of course of course so he's 37 yeah right about so, to turn 38 next month okay so so 20 so he'll be so you said 2021 or 2020? It would be 2021, yeah. So, so he literally could be winning a match to put him over the top he's probably he's gonna have to win the last one at 40, 40. <laughs> of course well, and of course, yes, that's I won't make predictions about who wins a tournament, but yes, <laughs> he will break over this broke down weakest error. <laughs> he will get to one oh nine at one ten. Well, and this is be a mini corner, but what what ranking do you list that in your greatest of all time criteria? Total titles <sighs> as it's happening. Zero because it can't be number one because Con- nobody says Connors is the best ever and he's got 109 titles yeah um and i wouldn't con- in my i'll just give you mine I, it's not top two i don't think it's top three just because like i said you can pick so and what's number what one grand slam slam just okay. because everybody says it is no, no, no. It is because the most players play in it well so i mean everybody treats it that way you is pick what a I mean. you pick a year all the four tournaments and you look at the toughest road to victory except right. for the French Open for Nadal. <laughs> you don't play a single, or was that the U.S. Open where you didn't play anybody inside the top 50? I think it was the U.S. Open until he played Anderson. Yeah. Right? So, but you look at any Grand Slam, the highest rank and the most players, obviously, because of the draw size. Right. So, of course, those matter more because they're bigger and they're tougher theoretically. Right. And five sets. Yeah. Um, To me, number two is is weeks at number one. I know you put a lot of value on years at number one, but to me, just the longer time you're number one says something. Yeah. Um, so weeks at number one for me is second, and you know, then it then it gets debatable after that what the rest are. I would I would add I would go one if Grand Slams are one, if majors are one, 
then Masters has to be too. Yeah, and see... Because to me, winning tournaments is what we do. Right. Because we don't go out and play, oh, let's just go play a pickup match and this counts. Well, you're right. Apparently, the ATP is going to (laughs) start counting matches that I play on PlayStation. Um, Well, but you're right, though, because imagine if you lost the finals, the final of every tournament during a year, no one's going to say you're the best player, but you're going to be ranked number one. Right. Because you made the finals every week. Well, it depends if you lost to the same player. If you didn't, if you lost in the finals to Federer in week one and he never made another final again... If you lost to somebody different every, you have yeah. an issue with finals, right? But you'd be the clear number one because you'd yeah. have so many points every week, right? It's just closing the deal that people get hung up on. And listen, I mean, you mean to tell me, like at the U.S. Open particularly, because they have the regular old tie break, you mean to tell me if you lose the U.S. Open in a fifth set tie break, fourteen twelve, how far away from the guy that beat you are? You're two points away. Right. From that guy. Yeah. And what if one of those points was a let cord that dropped over? <laughs> then you're a point and a half a point away from him. Well, and if that's the only tournament that guy won that year. Exactly. No, I mean, I think that... So I think massive, if, to me, so majors is one. And I think these are to some degree weighted. So it's not just a straight... Right, right, right. You know, because I think, you know, I think two is a closer number to one whereas weeks at number one is there's a gap between masters and you know and listen the 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 season set up so stupid right that it's it's just impossible to well and weeks at number one there's not even any tournaments between you know early november to mid-january so you're just sitting at number one by doing nothing racking up weeks so yeah i mean the week's thing. That's why the year end, and part of it is obviously my (laughs) bias towards Pete Sampras, but but year end number one means you played every single tournament, every surface, unless you're Federer, every, you know, every corner of the world, and all the year before has rolled off now. Right. And so for a calendar year, including every tournament, you're the best. That's to me why you know, the fluctuation of the tournaments from the previous year affect weeks at number one. Well, it's like year that. in number one means 12 months of tournaments from January to December, I'm the best. Well, I remember Tiger Woods was number one like 18 months after he won his last tournament. And he that's was still it, number yeah. one. Now, that was a two-year scale Are you talking yourself out of your dumb number three then, <laughs> weeks at number one? No, I mean... That's why I like year in number one because it it is this year right now... Well, the problem with year end is you're just going to have so many ties. You're going to have four guys that did it five years and three guys that did it four years. And so weeks just differentiate yeah, you it more. You can't have one week at number one in December and finish year in one. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. So you're going to have to have a fair amount of weeks at one. Yeah, true. It's just, you know, who knows? You have to have the mo- you would have to have the, the most weeks, I guess, of that year. I don't know. Um, Not, no, because somebody could be one and then fall. That's true. You take it over on December 31st. Completely off. But then you're going to keep it probably for a while after that. Or you could. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, outside well, of the that. the weeks at number one is your points relative to last year's tournaments. Right. Whereas year in number one only is this year's tournaments. Because by the time you get to December, every tournament has rolled off from the previous year. And now right. your points are only, you know whatever and people have such a hard time they i get asked about that constantly the def- oh yeah the, the defending points defending situation. points yeah but 
And so to me, though, after those three are weeks and years counting as one, there's really, I mean, total titles. So we're saying total titles is fourth at best. So grand salamis or majors, if you will, masters. I would say even, I would say every level, whatever, throughout the years, whatever they called them. So starting with the majors, right. then that masters, 1000s, the master shields, whatever they called them, then 500s and 250s. You know, if if you're number one in 250s, but nowhere to be found above right. that, all right, that doesn't matter. But yeah. if you have 250s on top of being, you know, I mean, like, you know, Fetter has is the most Grand Slam, you know, most majors. How far away is, you know, um, Djokovic to that right. versus... How far is Federer away in Masters? And they're pretty. It's pretty close. If you added up both, they'd be almost even, even. or one apart. I bet. Well, and same I, with the doll. And you need to weight the, the 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 majors more. Right. So being ahead in in you know if he was ahead in in majors by two, and then or Federer was ahead of Djokovic in majors by just two, and Djokovic was ahead of Federer by two in Masters, then you give it to Federer. Right. If he's ahead of of him in Masters by twelve, right, that changes things. Well, and people say we talk about this a lot, but it's it's literally happening now. Like it's changing. We're not Daily. debating Agassi and Sampras, you know, well, from twenty I, years ago. I am, but yeah. <laughs> but so I mean, it literally their position is changing every week when one of them wins a tournament, and that's every week. Right. Well, listen. He, with an individual sport, it's easier to me because, it, you know, everybody talks about, you know, is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback? Well, yeah, because he's won right. how many Super Bowls? He didn't win those Super Bowls. Yeah. All all 53, what is it? 53. Yeah. All 53 players. Plus and that coach. And that wizard of a coach <laughs> um, won all of those. Again, Vinatieri won two of those Super Bowls for sure. Right. And Pete Carroll won them another one yeah. by his dumb call <laughs> of a pass. So there's three Super Bowls that Brady did not win. I mean, himself. Well, um, I, I wouldn't say he won the one when they were up 28 to 3 or down 28 to 3. Well, it, and Atlanta blew it. I mean, put this like the Steelers, the first Super Bowl the Steelers stole from Seattle. What an awful. That was a whole thing was awful. <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger played awful. Yeah, they we the Steelers won in spite of Ben Roethlisberger. And then when he retires, they're going to say, "Well, and same with Manning's second one with Denver." Right, he was terrible. Right, and the w- defense was just yeah. yeah. And when they but when they retire, it's going to be three times Super Bowl champion or two times whatever. But with tennis, time with Tom Brady, the beautiful part is wins and losses. So what about just overall win loss percentage? Yeah, I mean, see, that's I, the reason I don't value that as much because you punish people for playing like later in their career like like counting michael jordan's career field goal percentage well he played till he was 41 you know 40 i mean obviously his field goal percentage was bad at 41 and Federer, i mean his percentage is worse now than it was in his prime everybody's is but i think if he plays five more years (laughs) i'd like to do seriously i wish somebody would do the math on that like Year it's, by it year. Is slightly lower. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, but slight. Right. So not even to a degree. But listen, when they play a match, they have the same chance to win as lose. Right. So, you know, mathematically, every time they play, I don't know. Win-loss percentage to me is the only thing that really skews his is when you skip the entire clay court season <laughs> for two years straight. Right. Then that really changes things. Now you're talking about a surface where you dodged knowing 
you're not going to do as well. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the other piece of that you talked about when we, we, you know, when he first came back to Clay, I think you brought it up is that, you know, the fact that he is fresh for Wimbledon versus guys in the past that didn't chump out on Clay and had to go through Clay season, do well, go deep in all those tournaments. They're, they're, you know, they're all tuckered out and then they have to go play grass, you know, and he had the benefit of just training for grass while they're, you know, messing around on the dirt. So, right. Uh, but I, I think win loss percentage needs to be up there. Well, I've got it here. So, oh God, he has been above. Well, first of all, in 2017, which is a year and a half ago, he was 92 percent that year. That year, good yeah, Lord. So, the the five, the ten years before that, he was never above 90. 2006, he was 95 percent. So for 11 years, that was his best year in 11 years based on win percentage. His career is eighty-two percent. Um, yeah, so he's not fading according to that that stat at least. He's been over eighty percent every year of his career, except for twice, not counting like his first starting out. Obviously, since two thousand two, he's been over eighty percent every year, except for one, which was two thousand thirteen when he kind of got injured or whatever. Wow, uh, 2016 too. He was 75. percent Well, hey, what are you gonna do? This is one of the strongest <laughs> of all time. But so, yeah, I mean, the, to me, that stat because of the the weakest, like you said, era thing. I don't count that as high because that's more about the qual. I don't know. I guess I, for that's the reason you could count it. But I'm saying I would count that against someone because if you're yeah. playing like when UCLA was had won 100 games in a row or whatever basketball yeah like yeah. i don't count that as as impressive because there were eight other teams or whatever right um the one stat that i would not factor in until let's say you get your top 20 or top 15 then to me you go into the head-to-head and that's you've got to factor that in but you can't do that you know Federer and agassi played twice and it's got to be yeah but you also can't do that because Agassi was, you know, 35. Well, that's what I mean. And Federer was 12. To me, they have to be within five years for you to really factor that in. Yeah, it, it, it's just hard to do. But that's that's always been my argument against Federer when he's got a losing record against his two biggest rivals. Yeah, But every, some of that is counterbalanced by other things, you know. Right. If he ends up with more titles, higher win percentage, more Grand Slams, more Master, I mean, obviously that all matters more. Well... Th- the tricky part is going to be when where Djokovic is in all the numbers relative to him reti- to Federer retiring. Right. Because anything he gets after Federer and Nadal retire, nobody's going to take as, you know, as seriously as what he's get, you know, what right. he's winning now. I will just because Federer got a bunch before, before those the, guys were there. Exactly. So, and not a bunch, but a few. And everything up till the second he retires fully counts because right. he's top three in the world for the past 19 years straight. <laughs> so I don't care about anything anybody says about, well, Federer's not in his prime. How is he not in his prime? I just told you he won 95% exactly. of his matches a year and a half ago. Exactly. Well, he skipped Clay. <laughs> exactly. That was why the win percentage was high. But that's why I don't factor in win percentage. You can choose. Yeah. yeah what you're playing like he could play grass only next year and be 100 percent. Right, he's, he's not guaranteed to win if no. everybody doesn't suck <laughs> right so really 
the sucky error hurts my argument for win percentage. That's what I mean. That's what, that's the other reason I wouldn't want to factor that in. I guess you could weight win percentage. Yeah. Win percentage against top Versus three, top 10. Up against top 10, against top 20, top 50, but who's going to sit around and do that? That math? would be, that would be, I would value wins versus top 10 more than overall win percentage. There you percentage. go. Maybe that's it then. Um, because that's, you know, those are the people that you're competing against year in, year out. And but there's again, no way... We know some of the top 10 right now. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but at least they have some ability and they're beating the other guys. So there's some level of whatever. I don't know how we got off on that when we're supposed to be talking about grass. <laughs> and again, you know, we have the lead up, the you know, the last two tournaments that, you know... Only Ash Barty and you know whoever else played. Thomas Mooster still out there playing. <laughs> um, not, ex- I mean, I you know, we, will I watch Eastbourne? Hmm. Well, I mean, there are Maybe. big women playing. Watch it. <laughs> I do want to see. I want to see Conta continue to at least be in matches and play well and you know what I mean? Right. Um, because I'd hate for her success to be a blip on the radar. I'd really like to see her do well. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, she'll she'll kind of ride her success, her recent success into a a, a nice run at Wimbledon. And I you know, I don't she don't need to win it for me. I that's not going to make a difference. It just I want her to be a threat. And I'm not going to derail this again by going back, but I just found Federer 75% versus top 10. He's play, And then he's played 830 matches against top 10, which is actually wow. quite an interesting stat too. So he's 75% winning against those. So if... This is an important question. <laughs> so it's kind of like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, did it you know, make a sound? If Benoit Paire is your number one seed, is it really a tournament? <laughs> How dare you say that about your man? I know. Um, but he's, he's the one number two. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Hero. Uh, no. The grass court specialist, Adrian Manorino, is two. And what? by the way, what did I say would happen? He lost early in uh, whichever one he was in, Queens or Halla, after winning the previous week. Why is he not from Italy with that name? Come on, man. You're messing me up. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's pretty, you know. And he looks ill now that he's shaved his head. He, you know, he's. Low level draw here. Yeah. Oh, Bernie Tomic. That should be some fireworks. That'll be fun. <laughs> Curious in there? No. Because he didn't, he didn't do anything in the first. I was looking forward to seeing him and uh, uh, Felix, but I didn't get to. He's not even fun to watch, man. He's just a baby. He's, I feel the same way about him that I feel about Isner. I like watching him play a top player to see how the top player reacts to it. Yeah, I don't. I don't care about seeing him play. You know, some other mid-level player. Right. So on Eastbourne on the men, um, you've got the one seed, uh, Pella, Argentina big grass court specialist, another grass court specialist, and uh, Dejer or whatever. How you whatever you do? You think that tournament makes money? Just, just remember, they <laughs> like tennis in other countries <laughs> more well, and that tournament's been around for decades than they do here you remember when navratilova came back and played singles there yeah um and won around so i think maybe you know and murray might be playing doubles again oh uh, so that's gonna be a draw i don't care 
I think that, he is. I saw it once, and I'm like, all right, done. You know what I mean? It's no, like, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I mean, the, but the people there will care. On yeah, TV, yeah. we won't care. So on the women's side, you know, Eastbourne, first of all, I demand equal pay for men <laughs> because Eastbourne, it's a WTA, WTA premiere. I was going to say the men don't deserve equal pay for this. No, but <laughs> their total prize money is 745,000 745, pounds. Uh-huh. Or euros. <laughs> is it euros? Yeah, it's euros. Is it now euros? Yeah, it's a euro. I think they just put it in euros because um, they still use the pound. So 745, did I say 745? Is that what I said? Yeah. Um, and the women, which is a premiere event, are making 998. But then they have dollars. What are they doing? They put in different, <laughs> they put in different do- so denominations you so, so you have no protest. idea. God! <laughs> I, so I, think, I think they meant to put it in the same currency and therefore... Equal pay. I'm gonna I'm gonna march on Eastbourne. <laughs> Again, that's the worst. That's the number one argument they need to. Separate and we've debated whether you know people should play that tournament if they need the court time, and but it's really gotten to the point where none of the top players play it because even like Team, he's normally somebody that would play the week before a slam or Zverev, or like Zverev did before the French. So I'm a little surprised you don't see a few bigger names in there. While Rinka, well, the only the only Matt, I mean, the only. I'm just going to watch Eastbourne women this week, and that's it. I don't even. I, no, seriously, I won't even care because none of it matters. It doesn't matter. Nobody, nobody that is in that tournament will make it to the fourth round of right. Wimbledon. Right. Um, and so, but Ash Barty, obviously the one seed at Eastbourne women, a threat, of course. Pliskova the two. I mean, every woman in this thing could win Wimbledon. When every seated man... Harriet Dart could win Wimbledon. Every seated man is a clay court specialist. Oh, man. They, yeah, the women's draw, though, is loaded. You've got Ostapenko, Pliskova, Vondrasova. Well, like, Ash Barty's like, hey, let's keep this train rolling. Right, Wozniacki, to... Svitolina. I mean, they're all essentially playing. Cannon's playing. I mean, that that's that tournament's loaded. Yeah. Benchich is the 10 seed. That tells you how good it is. Yeah, they overshot their prize money. They're, they're, <laughs> it's a good draw. But, uh, sorry, I just saw some. I don't know. I don't know. Care what you saw on your internet. <laughs> Something about Murray being rejected for mixed doubles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who cares? That's funny. Yeah, I, I was glad to see him out there, but now I don't care. Unless he's going to be he'll back. he'll play with Harriet Dart. If, he, if he's going to be back, back, then fine. Otherwise, I'm done with the sideshow. Let's, let's move on. Why well, aren't you don't you think it would be a huge mistake that um, if he played singles at Wimbledon? I don't know. I don't know what his doctor said. I don't know what his situation is. But it's, I mean... It's not a huge mistake if he's back. It is a huge mistake if he's not. And I don't know. He played yeah, doubles. I mean, he was he, diving all over the court. That's true. And played two matches in a day. And But I just mean, even if he was back 100% healthy, he's not ready for three out of five sets, regardless. So why would you... Make no. that your first tournament back. Well, three out of five sets, physically, he could be. I don't know what he's been doing off court. He's He could have been running his tail off. Right. So I, I'm not, you know, who knows what he's doing, you know, but he's got he's to come back at some point. So you yeah, think, just, you think just, me, just wait till hard courts just to kind of... I just think coming back in a slam well, just doesn't like, make sense. I just like the hard court because it's better footing, you're more right. sure. Because um, grass is tricky, man. 
I would actually say if he comes back and plays singles woman, then that means he knows it's over and he's just playing it to be done. Ooh, like that's his last take. match. Hot and he take. wants to play in front of all his fans. Maybe that's and, your corner. That should be your corner. <laughs> Murray gets ready for his last match at Wimbledon. But as of now, I don't think he's playing. I mean, they, they're holding a spot for him is what I've kept hearing. No, oh, I'm sure he, they'd bump anybody <laughs> for him right now. So um, you have Delpo's spot. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't know why you would do it. Like, I don't see anything to be gained by it. Yeah, I, I, I've got no problem waiting. I mean, good for him for... You know, he got to drive down, you know, <laughs> and play in the grass right. court tournament, so it's not a big deal. But, yeah, I, uh, I'm i with you, man. I, I, I have no problem. If it means a more, uh, you know, long-term comeback, then wait until hard courts. Right. You know, two out of three, get into the swing. Bun into yeah, it. and then you can kind of figure out if you can do it or not. Yeah. Like, don't go out there in a slam and play a set and retire and – you know, you got everybody hyped up for your comeback, and you couldn't even finish a match. Yeah, I hope he can, man. Man, I hope he can come back. Losing him, well, I mean, it's not, we haven't lost him. He's been <laughs> lost, but, you know, on top of Delpo now, and we think he's coming back, and if he doesn't, bummer. Men's tennis is struggling. Do we like Lopez now? Feliciano? Yeah, like I thought he was kind of not likable. Really? Well, that's, I thought he, like, I know Verdasco is hated. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of lumped those two together, but maybe I shouldn't have. No, I don't know. I like, he seemed real likable in the press yeah. post match. I, I thought he's awesome. So I didn't know. I don't know any of them. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but I don't know <laughs> any of these people personally. So I don't really care what they do on or off the court uh, outside of murder or rape. <laughs> I don't care what they say. I don't care right. what products they endorse. I don't care their political views. I don't care. See, I care that they're nice for some reason. I don't. You're weird. I don't. Well, Hit a dumb forehand. I want to know if they're nice. I, I'm fine if they're not nice. I just want to know. Oh. So you can cheer for them. If right. Or not. Jerks. But if, like, I think I'm basing Feliciano when he came to Austin, you know, and played Davis Cup. And everybody just said Verdasco was a total jerk. And since they're, they're buddies, but if we were all judged by our friends, then... That would that we wouldn't want that. <laughs> yeah, or our co-hosts. Um, so no, I I, I don't we care. Have to, we're okay liking him. Listen, he's from a clay court country and plays grass court tennis, so he's already aces in my book. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, what do you think? You think we wrapped up? Because uh, to me, really, grass is wrapped. Th- yeah. This week doesn't count. Eh, now nah, the women's. I'll be excited to watch the women's. A lot of good matches could come out of that. Yeah, and we'll have Wimbledon. You know, draws will be out. Well, you think about everything. it. You think about that that women's match. A number of those matches could be previews of deep matches at right. Wimbledon. Right. Not one single match in the entire grass season, except for um, Federer playing anyone, <laughs> is an indicator of anything on the men. Well, I was going to say you might get some random first round match from this week in the men's that happens again next week but nothing of consequence but yeah the women's you could see previews of a final semi who knows which is exciting right and you get to watch that and then and then Wimbledon comes along and you're like oh yeah they just played a week ago and it was whatever right uh and it's two out of three so nothing changes you know whereas the men it's two out of three and then you gotta you know and then the the, the three out of five difference yeah but, and we've debated whether that you know any of that should change because Oh, I don't think so, but I don't care. No. Well, I don't mean that they should, women should play three out of five. But oh, God, no. It is kind of... It would be anticlimactic to have the same matches, potentially, but maybe not. No, no, I don't think so. 
Plus, it'll be two weeks. It's not the same. It's it's not the same matches as in all oh, the same matches. It just right. happens to be duplicates of last week. Whereas the men, it's the same matches. Yeah. Every and it's week. A, and forever. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. And the same outcome. Yeah. If the women like could, women could play 10 times and you get, you know, five, five and five. 10 different outcomes. Right. 10 different outcomes <laughs> between the same two players. All right. What else you got? Did you have a corner or did you, that was you, it. you I made that? It. I got you. So not an official corner, but what ended up being a corner. <laughs> oh, grass court, man. It's here and it's gone. It's here and it's gone. Every every year. Oh, it depresses And me. it really is one week because nobody plays the first week. And nobody plays. And nobody plays the third week. On the men. So it's really the sure. one mat. Well, that one week is what we had. Yeah. And we still didn't get Nadal and Djokovic. The Boodles, baby. That's all that matters. <laughs> the Boodles. You know, that they had good matches last year. So maybe we will have that to talk about. Who knows? I remember Shapovalov was there. Yeah. There were some big names. I bet he's doing it again. I hope so. Who wouldn't do that again? Stoke Park. Anyway, all right. So uh, we gave you all the good stuff with Twitter and all that at the beginning. So if you're still hanging on until now, you don't need to know it. (laughs) And we appreciate your effort. Um, Do all the stuff, man. Keep spreading it around. We're growing slowly but surely. But uh, our lack of ability and effort in promotions. (laughs) I mean, listen, we don't know what to do. Right. Nor do we have the technical capabilities to do it. So we're 0 for 2. But we know you guys do. Well, certainly you do. You found us. It's a miracle this thing gets recorded and posted every week. (laughs) There's no chance that if I had to do all this at once and figure it out, I just did it one piece at a time. It started with being able to turn my phone on. (laughs) Like that was the beginning and then just from there. But, uh, and to be fair, our absent producer who produces from afar, uh, he does most of the work, but to get get everything posted but anyway we are completely um deficient in any skills of marketing and certainly with social media marketing but you are not i'm sure of it you're not so help us out spread the word subscribe for sure if you found this some other way go to itunes stop being lazy go to whatever (laughs) go to whatever sorcery uh you know non-iphones have to figure out where podcasts are because i don't know and subscribe so you download it automatically and I, I i can quit doing my you know half-assed facebook promotions which i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> i know you're sick of getting posts but i can't help it that's the only skill i have so spread they the word it. yeah they do of course they do they eat it up so spread the word <laughs> get it out there uh share 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 with everybody uh, and let's keep this thing growing because again I was, ta- I was recruiting today, talking to a bunch of coaches, and didn't mention podcast once. Not once. I just <laughs> forgot all about it. I just, I'm busy recruiting, and I'm recruiting against some of my competitors, and I'm not, you know, so I'm stabbing them in the bathroom, you know, getting them, <laughs> hiding them in a broom closet. Lead pipe. Yeah. And, uh, and so I forgot to mention it, but growing the game is everybody's job. In America, anyway. Other countries love this sport. We don't. Like you said, we have to do our own growth. Otherwise, it's not happening. Yeah. I mean, every country club, every public facility, every high school player, high school coach, college player, college coach, tennis fans, recreational players, instructors, everybody that's connected to the to the game of tennis. And I'll throw in pickleball, too. Why not? Because <laughs> they really want to be tennis players. They just... <laughs> Um, you know, I'm glad you didn't finish that sentence. 
I got to get a, I have to get a local pickleball champion on at some point because pickleball is big. <laughs> they somewhere. actually play for something. I don't know. Pickles. I thought it was pickles. <laughs> or is it paddle tennis? I don't know anything what anything is. Is it all badminton? Maybe. Anyway. It's all bad. So <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> I bet you pickleball is fun. It is, actually. All right. So you. So anyway, but it is everybody in, our, in and around our game. It's your responsibility to do each and everything you can to help grow this game. Uh, I am dumbfounded. Dumbfounded when I think about it every time I think about it. That colleges in America even have tennis as a sport. We don't have curling. There's no college curling teams. Why not? Because nobody curls. Right. And if we and if we can't maintain or grow, that may be something that goes away. College tennis could could go away. It's not beyond the realm of possibility. And so, our number one goal should be just to get more people in this game, get more people involved. Now, you may think. Well, the best way to do that is not let them anywhere near this podcast. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. You might be right. You know your friends better than I do. But just maybe, on the off chance, that this could bring people in and galvanize their love for this game. It's possible. Share this podcast. Spread it around. This is one small part that we're doing uh, to help off the court anyway, because we already do stuff on the court. But this is one small thing we're doing uh, to help grow the game. And so do your part out there as well because I'm tired of being behind lawn darts. <laughs> they don't have lawn darts anymore. They no. outlawed them because children were getting killed in the head with a <laughs> giant dart that you throw up in the air. All right. Anything else besides that public service announcement? That's it. All right. Well, in that case, thanks for joining the revolution and until next time. Bye, guys. Hey, I was going to say Sharapova, <laughs> but now I'll just say bye, Sharapova. Sharapova.